righty so we are here we are here um so as y'all know uh hogwarts legacy drops this week and uh and let's just say that i'm gonna you already know i'm getting it and i'm gonna be a complete and total menace over there but but what about y'all what would y'all do in in hogwarts oh you can take this first you said what would i do yeah what would you do in there honestly i don't really know because it's like i'm not really part of like the harry potter fandom anymore so i probably i don't know see i don't think i would be evil like you meach but i think i would be petty so i think it would just be like oh wait what did you say npc character (laughs) frog (laughs) and just kind of like keep it moving like that is what i would probably be doing oh so you just one step below me oh that's great below Mm. Sounds like a perfect analogy for our entire friendship. Hey, no! See, you're like first degree and I'm like second degree <laughs> when it comes to crimes. So like it's not intended. It's just like uh, it's heat of the moment. I shake how to get away with murder. That's that, that's how I, I get through with life. <laughs> our girl, Viola Davis. Mm hmm. All right, so I'm Demetrius. And I'm Demetrius. And Meech and Meech presents the Blurred City Podcast. All right, so we got a good one here today. Uh, this is an episode that we've been hyping recently. Um, we have a special guest on, uh, Jade Aurora. Uh, we're going to be covering her book today. We're going to get more in-depth to just like introductions, even covering the book, full discussion. And um, Meech, if you just kind of want to like introduce slightly before we get into the real uh, introduction. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, so... Uh, of course, this is more is also kind of like a semi uh, endorsement of the Famicom group. Like they they reached out to us, wanted us to join their Discord, join the Instagram, and of course, one of our compatriots, Jade Aurora, here reached out and wanting to you know get more exposure on her and just be have an interview just so like hey the good people's gets to get more exposure on her and like her endeavors and everything of that nature so we're really glad to have you on the show thanks for having me so just want to introduce myself for those that are listening my name is jade aurora i'm based in detroit michigan so i am an artist and illustrator as they stated before i am the author of the motor city witches series which first released in 2020 i'm also a cosplayer a pinup model and i am also a burlesque performer dope 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 so um we're gonna get soon into our introductions but meet you know how it is we always hit the people with the legal spiegel especially after what i just said so (laughs) the purpose of this podcast is to explore digital and print media all sources we reference are owned by the respective companies and our thoughts and opinions are strictly our own and reflect no biases or corporate agendas your discretion is advised all right dope so uh, before we get into it we always talk about what's hot so that's our segment where we touch on some of like what's going on in pop culture the nerd realm of nerddom just like the hottest things that are going on there's one thing that um i want to touch on and that's the dc news uh with what's hot but i want it's going to be a bigger discussion so if we can save that for like the end of it but um what's the two things that you two have seen that's hot so far Ooh, that's a hard question i think lately i think it's the wednesday series that i've seen oh yeah fantastic 
like I'm a huge fan of the Adams family. So yeah, that show is definitely dope. Uh anything else before we go to Meech? Now you can go ahead. So far, that's kind of the only thing so far. Yeah. And just keeping it brief, uh, of course, anime scenes kind of going wild. My Hero Academia finally reached the point that I loved in the manga. <laughs> the dark hero. Uh, yep. So I'm, I'm hyped about that. And then uh, Last of Us is just wow, beautiful. Just beautiful. Wow. I'm, I'm not going to say more on it, uh, especially considering that at the time of this recording, I haven't seen episode four yet. Uh, but but i'm sure i probably would have a mix of emotions and you guys will know about it in our instagram Mm -hmm. okay so for anything else you mentioned at the start of the show hogwarts legacy i believe i believe it drops sometime this week i'm not sure is it the 10th so it's seventh for those who pre-ordered it the 10th for everybody else okay so it's gonna drop very soon also with that knock at the cabin just dropped last week i haven't seen it yet i've been having some some maladies that i've been dealing with but i will be catching it it soon i know it was it was it fire oh it was it was definitely an interesting movie i'll tell you that much (laughs) all right and for the big news that i kind of mentioned so dc dropped its plan uh for first first phase essentially and what it's going to be for 2025 so i'm just going to read it off real quick uh, first opening up, it's called um, Gods and Monsters. So it's going to open up with Superman Legacy, which is a movie. The Brave and the Bold, which is a Batman and Robin story, which is going to have Robin as Damian Wayne in that movie. Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, which is a movie. The Authority, another movie. Swamp Thing, another movie. And then Creature Commandos, which is a t- animated TV show. Waller, a TV show, Lantern. It's um they said it's gonna be a true detective style with Hal and John Stewart. So they they semi stole Iredale, but we're good. Booster Gold, which is gonna be hilarious, and then Paradise Lost. So any thoughts on that? I mean, where's my money, DC? Uh that's that's my first one. But uh I think like for me, it primarily is this like I'm re- I'm really interesting to see because like when I listen to James Gunn's like commentary and like how he his ambitions like oh yeah everybody who's like throughout the animated stuff the video games and whatnot everybody's gonna be voiced by the same people I'm like oh that is that's quite a tall order to ask sir but uh I'm sure like they there could be there are like possibilities I'm really interested in the authority though because like they are they are a wild group and. <laughs> And like I'm just like oh oh snap we we actually get into them that is something you don't see every day so I'm super excited about that. Yeah, he said it's like a passion project for him. So you know how he is with Suicide Squad that he made, and then also Guardians of the Galaxy. So he's really good with like quirky team things. So that's definitely something I'm looking forward to. And then with DC dropping in 2025. We'll see what happens now. I know next, well, we have a few things coming up um, that we're going to review. And then The Flash is going to be a super big movie for DC uh, moving forward. But <laughs> just relax, me. <laughs> we'll talk about that another time. But but that's definitely something that we're looking forward to. So now we can um, get into just the introductions with that. So, Meech, you can take over. Uh, yeah. So, Jade, I know you decided to give yourself a, a little bit of an introduction, but yeah, let's let's go ahead and talk about it. Let's talk about you. Like, who are you? Like, and what, what got you into the nerd culture? So, to be quite honest, I think being, like, nerd, nerdiness kind of runs in my family. 
So, you know, my parents are kind of young, like they're like 15, 17 years older than I am. So they've been into, they've been into like nerd culture. Like I grew up watching shows like Thundercats. Um, My dad is a fan of the Helsing manga. And, you know, like one of, but one of my, my first introduction into anime for real was like Sailor Moon. That was my gateway. I was seven years old when I started watching it and even when I was when I was seven, my grandma used to watch the show with me because she was a seamstress and she actually made a Sailor Moon costume for me to wear for Halloween. So I guess that was kind of my gateway. It's always been something that I kind of grew up around. If that makes any sense, if I'm not, hopefully I'm not rambling. Yeah, no, that's pretty dope. Like a lot of us um, mentioned, I know Meech and I, um, when we first introduced the show, we talked about like how it wasn't really that prevalent in our families, like the nerd culture part of it, where like Meech, you in the horror aspect you did, but like the kind of realm of like anime and all that. No, not so much. Yeah, yeah like it was, it was a dry as a bone, but hey, Tsunami <laughs> out here in yeah. exposing us all to, to the greatness yeah but yeah yeah. you have next question yeah just with that um you kind of mentioned favorite shows did you have any like favorite characters that you connected to growing up that you liked as well so i would say i would honestly my favorite character would have to be like as far as anime character growing up it was sailor moon definitely because like she was like it was like the first anime that I saw that I felt was like made for girls because like my cousins were into anime too like one of my cousins he's two years older than me he was a huge fan of Dragon Ball Z and I was more of a fan of Sailor Moon but if you had like the character I related to the most at that age was Sailor Moon growing up now as far as non-anime my favorite character growing up would have to be um i liked catwoman and poison ivy from like the batman animated series so that's Mm. a yeah that's dope um it's cool that you mentioned sailor moon and dragon ball z because there's a question that always pops up can sailor moon beat goku absolutely because when you you have to look like when you look at the facts and this is not me being a sailor moon fan girl but it's like sailor moon is not just like the princess of the moon she is the moon itself sailor moon and the rest of the sailor guardians are celestial beings so it's like i feel like their power kind of outweighs goku like sailor moon is powerful enough to destroy an entire galaxy Meech thoughts your rebuttal (laughs) No, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna stir the pot on this one. Uh it's like because of the fact that like, it's two different fandoms, two different power scaling uh aspects yeah. to it. So like it it in my opinion, it very well could go to either, uh yeah. depending on like which version of Goku you going with. Like are we talking the most recent one to where I think like he possibly could edge it out? Or are we talking about like from from our days, like back in GT days, to where Sailor Moon possibly could to probably could uh put Goku in a pack, but uh but yeah, I'm not gonna stir stir too much of the fandoms on either side. Uh, and I just say like yeah, could go definitely both. But as Stanley once said, the main person who will win is whoever the writers need to win. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. So you want to ask the next question? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So like when it comes to, you know, this life and this nerd life, I know you said like you grew up in it, but that, that doesn't necessarily mean you had to stay in it. So like what? How come you never left it? I just felt there was really no need to leave it. It's like also not even just my family. It's just like all the friends that I have in my life, they're nerds themselves. So it's just it had like me, the best friend I had. We've been friends since the second grade. Like we literally bonded over our love for Sailor Moon. And that, and you know, that just kind of stuck with us. I met my husband through nerd culture because we met at an anime convention. So it's like, I felt like there was really no need to leave it. It's like, why leave something that genuinely brings you joy or brings you or something that you're passionate about? Yeah, I like that you said that. That's definitely, that's definitely cool. And it also like kind of ties into aspects of your book once we get to it. And yeah. so um, just with that last question, before we uh, move to Motor, Motor City, which is uh, what are you into now? So I'm definitely into My Hero Academia. I'm definitely into My Hero Academia. Um, I'm As far as new anime, I'm also a fan of Demon Slayer. That's another favorite of mine. It's like, even though it's an old anime, like Soul Leader is another huge favorite. And it's like, I'm really hoping they make, they do a reboot because the ending to the original anime was just. Yeah, uh, the ending was, was terrible. (laughs) But yeah, Um... definitely, definitely. I like that. So now we're going to switch over, um, introduce the book Motor City Witches, uh, which we both read. So Mitch, you want to kick off the dis- general discussion before we just like dive into the Q&A part? Oh, yeah. So yeah, so this is a pretty, pretty interesting and fascinating book on like with Motor City Witches. But I just do want to preface, right, that we're not going to get into spoilers at all. Like we're most going to discover and I talk about the book in and of itself and just how we are like how much like we like it and some things we had about it. And also just like get get into insights with Jade over certain characters. But we're not going to get into spoilers because what we yeah, want yeah. you all to do is Y'all to, gonna go have to by- read the book for that. <laughs> exactly. You got to get it from the source yourself. So we don't want to take any of that away from from Jade. Yeah. So just with that, um, what kind of gave the inspiration for the book if, when you uh, were like in the starting stages of it? So that's basically for context. I've oh, like growing up, I used to write like little short stories as a hobby. And I've always been a huge fan of the fantasy genre. Like as a kid, I was heavily into Harry Potter. I also used to watch shows like Sabrina the Teenage Witch and even old school shows like Bewitched, I Dream a Genie. Like, you know, when they had Nick at Night, back in the day like when i was supposed to be in bed i would stay up to watch episodes of those and but it's just what what's brought what gave me inspiration to write it is in this genre there isn't a lot of representation for us like you if there are any black characters or characters of color they're either tokens or they're background characters and i kind of wanted to write a story that centers us and like our experiences. Mm. So that's kind of what spawned the idea for me writing it. So 
Nice, nice. That's that's really dope. Uh, you know, the aspect of making it by us, so that way we have that full perspective and like you right. get a real uh like hey this is what really happens and you get you just draw in the black community just like that uh really do appreciate that i also love the fact like when you say like oh yeah i wrote a bunch of short stories and then i started writing i'm like oh my goodness that was me (laughs) (laughs) that was me middle school high school and even part of college oh yeah and i'm not going to talk about the fan fiction i used to write We, we we ain't getting into that one today because uh that's a patreon special that that is a whole other conversation like if i just bring up my entire catalog that it's two episodes at least uh, i didn't know you're a fan fiction writer too yeah look, look. in high school my cousin and i because my cousin i didn't know this cousin existed until a family reunion and we like bonded over harry potter like we actually collaborated on a harry potter fan fiction where like it was like in his seventh year of hogwarts and he was just like sleeping around with all all the girls like in in hogwarts and shit like that it 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 was it was wild and it was something that 17 year old shouldn't have been writing but fair 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 um and just for the listeners can you give like a quick overview of the story kind of like if they were to pick it up off the shelves and the back of the book kind of summary can you give that for the listeners so basically, Motor City Witches, it centers on three characters, Rochelle, Sarai, and Louise. They're all in their early 20s. They all live in Detroit. And basically, Rochelle's struggle is she's in a toxic relationship. And after getting out of that relationship, she's struggling with regaining her self-confidence. Sarai is Rochelle's best friend. They've been friends since childhood. You know, she's an aspiring horror author and she comes from a conservative, like Christian background that doesn't approve of those aspirations. And also because she wears gothic clothes, she's kind of the black sheep of the family. Louise is kind of like she's their friend. She's the friend to both characters, but she's kind of like a mentor to them because she they learn magic from her and her mother because she is a generational witch. So she's kind of like their gateway into magic and everything. And they kind of learn how to embrace the powers they start to develop along the way, basically. Dope, dope. dope. And of course, we wanted to get into the question of like, all right, what's like the symbolism of the title? Like Motor City Witches, like what got you to choose that as the title? It's just, I guess I want something straightforward. Is like, it's about witches. They're in Detroit. And I couldn't go with Motown Witches because someone, someone owns a shop with that name. So I couldn't take it. So I just went with Motor City. So I was like, I felt I wanted something straightforward to where if someone were to pick up that book is like, this is, this is what you're getting. Like I didn't want to sugarcoat anything. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. So definitely. like, what were like some inspirations in writing the book? 
Well, definitely took a lot from personal experience. And like they say, for context, I am a practice, a practicing witch myself. So a lot of the practices you see in the books, I've took from like real practices. So it's just, I wanted things that inspired. I wanted a book that not, that didn't just focus on like the spell casting and things like that. I also wanted to emphasize that there is a spiritual side to it as well. So I also wanted to put emphasis on that because a lot of the media you see about witches, like American Horror Story, movies like The Craft is like they focus more on like the spells, but they don't they kind of neglect that there's a spiritual aspect to it as well. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to write a book that that puts focus on both. OK, OK. And and that uh, and that is what like allowed you to like, all right. I'm going to like make sure like there's so much spiritualism, so many spiritual messages in here just so like you can that way. So the audience is like, all right, here's the here's the full picture and not just what you've seen in every show ever. Right. Yeah, I think one thing that I really enjoyed was the familial ancestor aspect of it um yeah. i remember just like te- texting Meech about certain parts about it and then uh, i'm trying to think of a part without trying to spoil it but like kind of a part where one of the characters had a realization about lineage like that and then i was like right. oh wow and then it tied into like a later part and i was like oh my gosh this is this is getting wild so i think i really like that aspect of it yeah. yep it was all, it was like, oh, snap, it's all, the dots are connected. It's all connected. It's all connected. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm like, if you could imagine, like, basically this entire wall behind me, just like, all right, this from from page one or like page 83. And then we like, all right, look at this in page 200. Like, there's, there's so much connections here. It's I was like, you, I feel like this is, you did something out of George Lucas's book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i'm a huge fan of uh manifest um and like with that like everything is connected essentially is what it's one of the things that they say consistently and that was definitely when how it tied in was really good so um meach want to ask the next question oh yeah so so of course like when it comes to writing uh there's people like myself and and also our dear co-hosts here who may like insert themselves into the story like there's a specific character you kind of write as if it's like like you're put into the situation and like what would you do or like somebody who's like basically has more of your affectations in those situations so like so like what so did you do that or is that that like a certain character who really like who really pretty much embodied you? I would say Louise and because I actually modeled Louise after myself, not just in like looks, but also in like personality. Like she like I've like I'm kind of a mentor to my friends. So it's like they come to me for advice a lot. And then it's also like Louise, I'm also a burlesque performer and I'm also an artist. Like the name of my art page is Roxy Joe Creations. So that's where that came from. The only difference between me and Louise is that she's a parent and I'm not. That, that's literally like the only difference between me and her. I don't have children, but she does. Mm-hmm. And what would you say like with Louise, kind of like how they show, how you talk about it later in the story, just like generational practicing um what kind of got you into that spiritualism slash like 
uh, witching. I don't know what the proper term is, but kind of um, that aspect. I guess I've always, growing up, I've always been fascinated with like the supernatural and the paranormal. And it's just, when I got older, I started finding friends that were practicing that that practice and I started doing research on it and when I start went through my research I realized that path resonated with me because while my parents never forced religion on us or anything like that if we had to identify as a religion as a, as growing up it would have been Baptist but it, it was just like I started having a lot of questions when it came to religion because not trying to push an agenda, but just how it's a lot of contradictions in Christianity. There's there's a lot of hypocrisy. There's a lot of contradictions. There's people who use the religion as a tool to hurt others. And that was something that never sat right with me. Mm-hmm. So I just started looking like when started looking into other paths. And then when I started re- looking into the occult and things like that, it's just it resonated with me more. And I haven't really I haven't looked back since. OK, OK. Hey, that's that's a really fascinating. Hey, and thanks for like sharing that. because I know that could yeah. be like something like people like to keep personal because I like this. It's really great that you're like vulnerable with that and appreciate you for that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, let's let's keep on the gravy train back to the book. So like, of course, you said like Luis is kind of kind of embodies you. Uh, yeah. Anybody. So like, is anybody else like based on like your friends or family? So, you a shout out? Like not to sound cheesy, but each of the three characters have a piece of me within them. Like with Sarai. I relate to her struggle because like I used to be ridiculed for my hobbies and interests. So I, so the whole, her whole struggle for acceptance, that was something that I struggled with. But Rochelle, she struggled with insecurities because of a toxic relationship. And before meeting my husband, I was in an emotionally abusive relationship. So that was something that I took to and so my experience became Rochelle's experience. In fact, Lamar, who was Rochelle's boyfriend in the book, Lamar is actually my ex-boyfriend's middle name. I'm just gonna throw that out there. That that it's his middle name. So I did base it off off of him. But I think each of the characters have a bit of me in them. So there a lot of their struggles they go through, I was able to re- it was something I went through at some point. Now, the, the heavy stuff Sarai went through, and I'm not going to give spoilers. I didn't have to deal with that. Thankfully, I was fortunate enough to have a loving and supportive family. But there's too many people in my life that weren't as fortunate that had to deal with toxic relatives. And that's where I got my inspiration for her from. But, but as far as other characters like Louise's family, like her immediate family, they're definitely pretty much fictional versions of my family. Like her mother is just like my mom. Like Chris, like the characters' first names are actually the middle names of my family members. Like Christy is my mother's middle name. Then you have Louise's siblings. They act just like my siblings. So I put my family. I basically make fictional versions of my family for the book for the book. 
That's dope. That's dope. Um, with that kind of just like inserting yourself into characters, I know um a thing something that's mentioned a lot, especially in superhero movies, is uh, your story is only as good as your villain. And we're mentioning like pieces. You mentioned pieces of yourself and characters. Um, there are two scumbags in this uh, book that stand up above, above everyone else. Um, with that, what were your thoughts on it? Uh, like in writing the characters, like how did you feel? Because I know when I like for my book, when I wrote characters, uh, one of the villains I absolutely despised writing. Like it made me feel disgusting. And another one I actually really enjoyed. So like. I know, like, what you kind of mentioned with Lamar, but, like, how did you feel about the other one as well? So, and I think you're talking about Thelma, um, Sarai's mom. So, she is a combination of, because, like, and of course you, you read the book, so you've seen, like, her, how ignorant and how bigoted she is. She's, she is a combination of a lot of ignorant people that I have encountered in my life, whether whether it's like strangers that I've encountered or people that I knew personally. And I'm sure there's people that have read my book saying there's no there, no one can be this bad. But unfortunately, there are people like there people like her that are out there. And it's like she, so it's kind of, I wanted to kind of make her realistic because I, unfortunately, I know people that were raised by a film. So, but yeah, writing the interactions with her, like there are times where I had to take breaks writing chapters with her in them because I, I, I would actually get legitimately angry because of the stuff that comes out of her mouth. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah which is wild because like you're writing it and you're like oh my gosh it's so like true to the character and you hate it so much because like as it was like progressing i was like okay a person can't be this bad and then it got to like a certain point really later in the book where it was like wow you can <laughs> this is like a joke like how evil this person is so yeah definitely uh Wow, her and Lamar were just like, I gotta, I can't. I know it's it's hard to believe that there are people out there that can be that bad, but unfortunately, I have I have came across plenty of Lamars and Thelmas. Like I dated a Lamar, so yeah, yeah, and like when I read those parts, like it it was perhaps like slightly more triggering for me because I've I've seen those two types before like uh like one of my homegirls dated a lamar we had to get her out of the situation and one of my teachers was a thelma uh and that was and i'm not gonna get into that because he he is a scumbag and he knows it and if he's yeah. listening you know who i'm talking about uh you know i'm talking about you <laughs> uh that, that's mean totally not processing the trauma from that at all uh but yeah. but yeah it's like it really pulls in like it got really personal and i think like that's like an aspect that was really that was like really great on your part when writing that and we really we really deeply wanted to ask about that because like yeah i'm getting a like visceral guttural like emotional reaction from this just imagine like you writing that and where you had to pull that from that was what what really like just Yeah, and another scene that was hard to write, like I said, I'm not going to spoil, but of course it's mentioned in the beginning, Sarai 
is a twin. She's a fraternal twin. And her sister had mental health struggles and took her life when she was 13. That was hard for me to write the part where she does learn what leads, what led to that. Because like growing up, I've had my own struggles with mental health. In fact, when I was 16 years old, I attempted to take my own life because I was going through a lot of bullying, which led to depression. So that was a hard part for me to write, too, because I had to literally put myself in that character's shoes because I went through, I know how it feels to be depressed and deal with like self-harm and things like that. Yeah. Like I said, I wasn't, I'm not, I don't want to spoil what led to that, but just, yeah, that was a hard one. That was a hard part for me to write also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the part um, I was at quote unquote work. Uh, for legal reasons, I won't say I was at work right now, but that's when I texted you, Meech, and I was like, yo, I'm literally about to cry right now, because, like, just the way it built up and then, like, the reaction to that was just kind of just like, wow, that's so painful. And kind of like what you mentioned, like, I, I don't personally know, like, someone that, like, had that situation where... um. I don't want to spoil, but personally, that situation where it's like the mental health aspect is right. um, viewed as like demons and stuff like that, get an exorcism. But I have heard stories of just kind of like yeah. people not taking it as seriously, especially concerning the fact that mental health, I would say past five years has actually right. been a key thing. And before that, it's just kind of like get it together. So, right. And it's like, yeah, and I kind of wanted to emphasize when I were like, you can't pray away mental illness not saying that you can't pray for like guidance but you one of my like one one pastor i forgot his name said you can pray on the way to therapy so it's like there's nothing wrong with getting professional help it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you Mm -hmm. agree wholeheartedly especially as a counselor myself so that was definitely something uh to definitely consider uh but yeah like of course you of course you have that and as i said like just just all all around overall this entire book was just it was just a great read from start to finish from my end and just from the 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 greatness the realism and and you mentioned like there there would be others right oh yes so there's already i think you already know there's a, a book too so there is a second book I'm currently working on a third. So I'm currently working on the third one. And I'm thinking of writing a prequel on Louise because it's slightly mentioned in the second book. Louise came into her powers in her late teens. So if I write the prequel, it's going to take place in like her senior year of high school. And I'm and I know I'm gonna have to mentally prepare myself for that because like myself, Louise also dealt with bullying. So it's a matter of I'm gonna have to relive all that trauma when writing it. So. Yeah, yeah, I, I know that's it's gonna be rough, uh, but but hey, I I have full faith you can you can pull through. Uh, of course you yeah. got a, a a humongous support system, especially with your husband. And, yeah. and I'm sure you got like tons of friends to go to as well. So yeah. so yeah, you so yeah, you you can definitely pull through and do all that. And how how many do you think like you plan on writing like for I guess like for the full hundred percent story? You have like a set number that like all right, once yes. we like reach this, it's it's over. 
So there, so there'll be a prequel for Louise. I'm dancing with the idea of doing like another prequel, but it'll be focused on one of Louise's like ancestors. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking of having it take place during like the Harlem Renaissance. So like 1920s, mm-hmm. 1930s. So that's two. So in addition to the three books that are that I'm currently working the the first book, the second one, and then third one, that's five right there. I'm thinking of possibly doing a spinoff, which may be two or three books. The spinoff would focus on Louise's daughter, and it will be it'll take place like 15 years after the end of the third book. So she'll be a college student. And I'm thinking of putting some magical girl elements into that. that's pretty dope um with that i know like the one that you mentioned with the harlem renaissance that's that's definitely gonna be if you do do that uh, a one that's gonna be raw like with emotions because a lot of times when people go back into the past and they use um black people going into the past they kind of like sugarcoat it um in a way of just like they they like they don't say it without saying it so it'll be like oh so like one of the things me and Mitch mentioned we we're like okay uh would you time travel and i was like i'm not going past 1970 <laughs> like, i was like there's no, no way like you know what i'm only going forward my guy <laughs> yeah so just like with your writing style definitely you would definitely attack that head on i could see it yeah Ooh, 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 I'm already getting hot and I'm just thinking about it. That's kind of wild. Especially the 20s. Jeez Louise. Um, so just like kind of with that. Um, yeah, so you building out your cinematic universe. There is one thing I want to touch on, um, again, without spoiling, but uh, I really liked how like accurate you were with one scene where um, it's later in the book, but essentially when Rochelle is working through her new relationship and then somebody isn't happy with it because of reasons and um i was like that is so accurate (laughs) to this day yes if if you remember uh that part what i'm talking about yeah Yeah. i think i know what you're talking about yeah i was like yeah that's so accurate (laughs) oh yeah yeah, definitely had that. Never had that moment. Um, not gonna talk about it. Don't want to reopen that old wound. Uh, yes, but yeah, but yeah. So like going along uh, those lines that he said about like filling out a whole cinematic or TV verse, you know, like in in live action, right? Do, did you like think of a particular actor actress to would play the the main trio, Rochelle, Luis, and Sarai? I never thought about Rochelle. I'm still thinking about that. Now, for Sarai, I would love to see her played by Gabourey Sidibe. And, you know, like she played Precious and she also played, I don't know if you've watched American Horror Story Coven. Yes. So, you know, Queenie, I would love to see her play Sarai. Louise, if I ever decide to do acting, I would not mind playing her. Now, as far as the villain, as far as the villains, um, Lamar, Bow Wow, probably. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can definitely see, even though so even though Rochelle's mom is mentioned to be in her mid-40s. Angela Bassett can play, still play a 40-something. So I wouldn't mind seeing Angela Bassett play Rochelle's mother. Queen. Um, 
Thelma, I'm thinking either Monique, probably. Ooh, so you basically just went full <laughs> precious on that one. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. I don't know if you ever saw the show P Valley. I have not actually. It's a it's 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 a character where you know it's about a Mississippi strip club, and one of the characters has a preacher mother. And I remember watching the show. It's on Stars. I saw the show, and I was like, "Did someone read my book and write this character? Because this is like a parallel to how Thelma is, but." Um, I don't know if you heard of the actress Lynn Whitfield. Like she, she's always known for playing villains. So I can see her doing that as well. Yep, you know, she, yep, yep, yep. Mm, immediately, yep. <laughs> yeah. As yeah. far as Sarai's dad, I don't know. I don't know who I would think to play to play her dad. So it's it, it's as far as. Rochelle's new love interest. Of course, his him and his family, they would have to be Afro-Latina, definitely. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that that's I never really gave much thought of who I would want to be played the other characters, but I know as far as Sarai, definitely Gabrielle Sidibe playing her. Um, I could definitely see Angela Bassett playing either Rochelle's mother or Rochelle's aunt because she has that she has that vibe about her so I can see her doing that role justice makes sense makes sense yeah um so with that are there any other projects that you're working on or like that you have like would you be interested like in going pure horror in a sense since that was a key element I haven't thought about it I could I may do like I may do like a witchy anthology series kind of similar. I don't know if you ever used to watch Tales in the Hood. Yep. <laughs> yes. I would like to do something like that, but add like witchy elements to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that series was wild. <laughs> uh so, so some the first one, the first one was definitely wild. Like when I first saw the first movie, I cracked up. <laughs> At the end, when they realized they, when they realized they were in the funeral home and they realized they were dead, and then he, you know, the famous line, "Welcome to hell," turned into the devil at the end. <laughs> oh man! I, now you want me to? Now I want to go back and rewatch that movie because I. <laughs> No, I have to. I have to now after we get off this call because I'm. Mm-hmm. You know, there's oh. a third. You know, there's a third one. Yeah, That's yeah, with, yeah, with Tony with, Todd. Um, yeah, Tony Todd. Our guy. Oh. Yes. Terrible. Yeah, Meech, you got something else? Uh, yeah, I'd just say, like, that was... I, I, I was also thinking, like, because I was reading this, I was like, man, there there are a bit of some uh American Horror Story Coven vibes that I was getting off of this. So, so I wonder if that was, like, a slight influence as well. It, it definitely was. It, it was. Yeah, because I can say as far as American Horror Story, Coven is like my favorite season, and especially with Angela Bassett, she she was my favorite part of that of that season. Yeah, I I think uh, a lot of them kind of went downhill after that one. Uh, yeah, I think uh, mine was actually what was it the the Freak Show one. Mm. 
Oh wait, or was it cult? It's always between those two. A lot of people say Roanoke was the worst one. Yeah, that that that, that I can agree. <laughs> did not did not do it do Roanoke any type of justice. Mm. All right, yeah. So, um, anything else you'd like to share about the book with that? Um, just like for those that are interested in where to get the books, um, they're they're on Amazon. You can get copies on Amazon. Um, if you check out, if you're able to check out my social media, I have a coffee page, and you can actually get digital copies that way. So that, that's how you can get the books. I also have a Wattpad page. So if you want to read a sneak peek into the first book, it's on Wattpad. It's this, my username, Jaderoy1989. And that's pretty much the username for all of my social media. So Twitter, Instagram, that's also my TikTok username. So, uh, And also for those that are listening, do not let the cover art fool you. This book is not for kids. Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> no. Stay away. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely not. All right. Amichi, you got anything else? Uh oh man. No, I I just say like this this was a great time and thanks for wanting to come on our show. Like this was just fan. It was just a, a fun ride throughout. So, so yeah. many laughs and talking about the deep stuff that does need to be talked about. And yeah. and yeah, I've enjoyed reading it. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I don't know if you I don't know if you read the second book because I think I sent you the digital version of the second one. That one's gonna get wild too. But also, there you're gonna learn the origin of where like Louise, like where her supernatural powers come from. Like you're gonna learn the origin of like where they where they came from. So Ooh, gosh. Yeah. If it gets wilder than that scene, then <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> don't, don't even get me started, my guy. Don't even get me started. <laughs> All right. So uh with that we're gonna take a sponsor break and then get back to one of our favorite segments. All right. So for today's sponsor, we have ourselves the Louise Academy of Witchcraft. In case you want a a nice little urban uh, academy to where you can become a wizard or a witch that goes beyond the realms of Hogwarts, don't at me. Come over here to to the Louise to the Louise Academy of Witches down in Detroit, Michigan. You will have yourselves a swell time. And now, uh, just just know that the, we are not responsible for any and all uh, accidents, murders, or bigotry that will come as a result of joining the Academy. Your discretion is advised. All right. Now that we're back from break, we're getting into one of our favorite segments. Um, one of our this is like this is a segment that I know is just going to like end our relationship as friends and the podcast especially if we keep arguing about aliens so <laughs> i'm not going to we're not going to cover it today but it's the random fan theory of the week uh so jade um what do you have for us so 
So I th- so I like I mentioned earlier, I'm a huge fan of my hero academia. And there is a theory circulating that somehow that Deku's father is all for one. Ooh. Whoa. Can, can you explain that if you like have any information about it? It's just because a lot of people came up who I, I don't know who came up with that theory, but basically it's just because you know his father his you know his father is pretty much absent through most of the series. Like all anime dads. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but at, at least his mom's there. Barely. Now. Uh, <laughs> like some people's like other like other ways say they say that support that theory is that you know Deku's dad when he took a job transfer to America, they said it could have that could have taken place when he when All for One was injured by All Might. Because mm. you know the job transfer was never fully explained. Mm. And they also say that, you know, Deku's quirklessness may not be natural. It may not be the fact that he was born quirkless. Mm. Interesting. Especially considering that last episode that just happened uh, yesterday as of this recording, where it kind of explained the powers of um, one for all. But uh, yeah, with that, I feel like his mom would know that his dad didn't have eyes, I would hope. Yeah. <laughs> but then it also kind of makes sense because why would they go to that doctor? Mm, the yeah. doctor who is responsible for all the chicanery for <laughs> for for the beginning of this arc. And and like, why would they go to him to diagnose Deku as quirkless? That's... Mm. You, you, yeah. You're bringing up valid points. Speaking of my hero academia, like, what is your, what do you think of Endeavor? Because mm. it's like, I get he's trying to atone for everything, but at the same time, it's like. Take that since you've read further, uh, since you actually read the manga, so you know more. Oh, yeah. So I'm just going to say this right now. Yeah. Yeah. Man's trying to redeem himself, but man, this man has been. Uh, basically on the back back burner of his own arc because basically he he's pretty much shouldering all the burden on on a shoto and and yeah he he did some pretty unforgivable stuff i'm not even gonna hold you like like bro you taking like i would much sooner forgive vegeta for everything he did than what you have done dang yeah. I, I was literally gonna bring up vegeta because we just did that episode and we talked about like his whole arc of redemption i think with endeavor it's hard to judge somebody's heart but from from where we are now specifically because i'm an anime only watcher i think he's trying like the tears that he had when he was crying for um if you haven't watched, this is a spoiler for uh, my hero listeners. For his son. For his, yes, for his son. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. Um, yeah. That was just like really like he saw the error of his ways. And then I, I'm trying to see where he like really transitioned because like it was like right with like um, around the tournament arc. I would say he kind of started to transition, but definitely like once All Might had to retire, you saw yeah. it like change in him. So I, I say he wants to redeem himself, but just like going further into it to the fact that like his his first like, well, all his children are essentially like bred children. They're not like 
children quote-unquote in love whether people see that or not but like they were bred to be like superior right type stuff like that they were science experiments in a sense in a way I can, I can respect endeavor like he's trying he's not trying to make his children forgive him he's just like i just want to atone for what i've done Mm-hmm. Like if you if you choose to forgive me, fine. If not, like you don't have to. Yeah. So I think he's definitely he's definitely trying his best. So I'm rooting for him, but like obviously he's not like one of my top characters in that show. Yeah. So. Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, yeah. Get, get bent. All right. So just with that, um, we another segment we're doing. I'm just gonna consider it a come get your rose. Black History Creator of the Week edition. Um, so that's this week we're going to highlight a creator that we really enjoy each week. Um, somebody that's either I always want to keep saying ancient, but a, a past creator or a current creator. <laughs> don't look at me like that. I don't know what the word is, but someone that uh, is we we enjoy as a creator, and so someone that I think will end up being a goat at the end of their career is Ryan Coogler. So I was doing research on him and I'm so surprised that his career doesn't start to like 2013, like officially, officially, because just with that, um, reading off his cinematography, not cinematography, his film list, uh, filmography. Yes. As a director, he directed Fruitvale Station. Um, he directed Creed, Black Panther and Black Panther 2. And he was a co-producer on Judas and the Black Messiah uh, co-producer on Space Jam and New Legacy, and then executive producer on Create 2. But just like something that I really respect about him as a creator, whether that be a director or producer, is that taking three of the movies, say Fruitvale Station, um, Judas and the Black Messiah, and then Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, all of those movies were very heavy topic material because in two of the movies, it's about someone that dies. And then in Wakanda Forever, he had to deal with, you know, Chadwick actually passing in real life. But like right. in a lot of biopics, people like and like when people die, it's just like, OK, let's hit the highlights of their life as like a performer. And then, OK, they did this mistake and then, oh, they were like flawed and then they die. But I think he does such a great job of making those characters feel like real people. Um, and putting us with them because like <clears throat> with Fruitvale Station and Oscar Grant, I believe is the name of Fruitvale Station. It covers uh, his last 24 hours of life and you just kind of really connect and bond with him. And then it's obviously something that keeps happening today with uh, police brutality. And like you feel him as a character and just like even the growth throughout the course of one day. Then Judas and the Black Messiah, he wasn't the director, but uh, with that that entire project making Fred Hampton feel like not just like obviously like he's the Black Messiah in the movie of the title, but as a real human being. And then also in Wakanda Forever, that was a very heavy uh, movie. And like me, that was like the one movie once we started the podcast that we actually saw together. And just like the tears in the movie from people that we went with, where it's just like, this is really heavy. And the grace that you're able to handle it with is so incredible. So that's what I really like about him as a creator. I mean, what else can be said about the man? He yeah. he, he just you you took the words right out of the mouth. He does phenomenal work. Uh, and like every single movie that I see Ryan Coogler's name on, I immediately go see. Like it's a it's a day zero. Like <laughs> I have to be there at the premiere of it. And because he has definitely proven himself, 
he and of course being a brother like it, it makes it even that just that more stronger mm-hmm. and the fact he's like like jade here talking about the real the real stuff the the real things that need to be talked about the stuff that like back in 2007 would would not have seen the light of day <laughs> uh but but st- but these are things that like definitely are just part of the culture now so i'm really see so yeah, i just i like i love the guy all right i'm i'm watching everything he's in i'll get like all the blu-rays <laughs> yeah and jay do you have anything you want to say about ryan cooler I mean, I I can't really say anything that y'all have that hasn't already really been said about him. Like the man is phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and just with that, there's a few short films. I don't know if they're even available to find, but I just wanted to highlight that that he did before he uh blew up. But one is called Locks, another is Fig, and the third is The Sculptor. So if that's available, any listeners want to find it, you can definitely check that out. And just something else I want to point out is that the fact that he went from Fruitvale Station to create to Black Panther in three movies. And it's like a well-known name is just phenomenal and shows how talented he is. So with that, come get your rose, Ryan Cooler. Um, so with that, we just had a really great time with you, uh, Jade. Um, so we're going to get into recommendations first and then from that plug. So any recommendations that either two of you have? So I do have a recommendation for a book series. It's not mine. But if you are a fantasy fan and you are looking for a series that's similar to Harry Potter, but it had but what with black characters, I highly recommend the book series Children of Blood and Bone by Tomi Adeyemi. It's they put it takes place in Nigeria. It they has African mythology. I highly recommend it. Hmm. Nice, nice. And my my main one was actually just gonna be your book. But uh if there's like another one that I'd want to like highlight is of course American Horror Story Coven. Like that was that was gonna be my my main one right there. Cause like the cause story phenomenal, uh the Angela Bassett. Yes. That's all that that's all that needs to be said. And <laughs> and and yeah, that's all oh. that needs to be said. I also have one more recommendation. If you're also a fan of the magical girl genre, check out Magnifique Noir by Brianna Lawrence. It so far there's two books out, but they they they're just they're amazing. And if you if you are a nerd, if you're into anime, especially if you're a fan of magical girls, I highly recommend it. And I believe it's available on Amazon. Yeah. So my only recommendation, um, just because we're generally all in the same age range, but something that growing up that was really uh, popular, Twitches, <laughs> if you can watch that. On, oh. I think it's on Disney Plus, uh, but T and Tamara oh. Maori. Oh, yes. Yeah, oh. That that was my that that was I definitely was a fan of Twitches. Oh, I almost forgot about that. One. That is what <laughs> Twitches and Twitches, too. Right. You want to talk about people that I had a crush on growing up? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, which one or both? <laughs> both. Probably more Tamara than Tia, but it is what it is. Oh, 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 okay. Because I, I was more Tia, but uh, yeah, that's wild. That's wild. But all yeah. right, so yeah, we're gonna get into our plug. So Jay, can you just plug everything one more time? We're probably gonna try to put it in. Do our best, put it in the description. 
Okay, so the Motor City Witches 1 and 2 are both available on Amazon. You can also get digital copies on my coffee page, and the username is Jade Aurora's lowercase. I also have an Etsy page called Roxy Joe Creations. So there you can find my artwork. I have paintings. You can also get you can also download digital copies of my books from there as well. My TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter usernames is Jade Aurora1989. But for the TikTok username, the username is lowercase. Just want to throw that out there. You can also follow me on Facebook under Jade Aurora because that's where you'll find all of the updates regarding my books as well as any performances that I have coming up. Also, if you are on Facebook, I have a discussion group for my book series. So just type in Moonlight Gang, a Motor City Witches discussion and fan group on Facebook. Dope. All right, Meech, uh, your plug, well, our plugs technically. All right, it is go time. So of course you guys know our Instagram and our Twitter is Blurred City 22 You know where to go to hit that follow. Hit, And then you also got to hit that, that bell and the subscribe button on our YouTube page, which is Blurred City Pod. And if you want to donate some cheddar, receive some extra content with some uh, exclusive episodes, which we'll be dropping more of very soon, go ahead and check out our Patreon, which is under Blur City Pod as well. We have our Discord channel, which will be popping soon on our on our Instagram page. And then finally... We have our email, which is blurredcity22 at gmail.com, where you can submit uh, your random fan theories or any other different segments. But most importantly, this uh, the Q&A, so questions that you have, uh, because we're having uh, against, my, against our better judgment, because somebody here wanted to do it, even though I said no. Uh, but you know what? I'm just going to roll with the punches. We're going to cause chaos. We're having a Valentine's Day Q&A session. So mm-hmm. all you shippers and let let the shipping wars begin. Uh, and it will not come with the free tax. OK, so, yeah, just submit questions for that. And then finally, I have a pretty a pretty rogue uh, TikTok page, especially with the last post I made, um, which is actually the highest viewed thing on my channel so far. So, uh, yeah, go follow me at the Rogue Jedi Twenty One. So, yes, so go ahead and uh, and tell tell the good peoples about yours. All right. So, for my individual author pages, you can catch my Instagram at Mitri underscore dash. That's M E T R I underscore D A S H. For my Twitter at the Mad Dash sixteen. And if you want to read my book, Phantom Pains: The Most Irregular Tale, you can catch that on Amazon. Just like Meech mentioned, um, by the time of this recording, you probably have three more days to hit up our mailbag. So that's going to be our special Valentine's mailbag. Any shipping questions you have, any relationship advice for some reason you want to ask us, you've come to the wrong place, but we'll have fun with it. Um, And just like with that, we're going to have next week, it's going to be our, what is it, best anime romances. So that's going to be fun. It's going to be out of pocket uh, episode. And then the week after, it's going to be a big episode. So our Ant-Man Quantumania review. Woo!
So we're excited for that. And so Jade, another thing that we like to do as we like, uh, when we have guests on, as we wrap up, we like for them to leave the uh, listeners with words of encouragement. Okay. So for those that are listening, I just want to tell everyone that despite, even if people in your life or if the world tries to tell you otherwise, you are valuable, you are loved, you are worthy don't dim your light or cut yourself down for other people's comfort if either blind them or let them choke i I love that i Mm. love that i felt that one in my soul i love that so uh listeners as the music starts to overplay as i speak like always it's not goodbye forever it's just goodbye for now and that's the blurred city podcast see ya later